And you're back on your Thursday drive home with Jev and Jordan. Now, Jordan, you're a big sports nut. Absolutely, I am. Now, I, when I told you I'm actually friends with the DJ at the Frio Dockers game slash the FIFA Women's World Cup, mm-hmm. I think it blew your little mind. Oh, it'd be fair to say it did, yeah, I reckon. <laughs> well... He's actually joined us on the line. He also owns Retriever Sound as well. They do Williton, as I said, Women's World Cup, Fremantle Dockers. It's DJ Dyson. Dice, how are you, mate? Very good, Jevin. Good to be here, mate. Now, how did you start your journey to become a DJ? Um, I look, started pretty early when I was a kid, probably living in London, listening to Top of the Pops and... Uh, Top Just loving pops. music. I grew, up, I grew up in a house of music. My mum and dad were uh, like rock and roll jive dancers and uh, music was always on. So my brother and I used to sit there and play with their old 8-track cartridges and their LPs. And I guess growing up in England, we started listening to a lot of English music and uh, we just started collecting vinyl and, and everything like that and just kept on pursuing and basically haven't stopped. So, uh, yeah, been accumulating music knowledge and, uh, yeah, just something I guess I'm extremely passionate about. Yeah, Dice, um, what was that first, like, real breakthrough? What was that first time that you were DJing in front of, you know, uh, you know, for, for a very large large audience, like, you know, a sporting event or, or something other? What was the, the first time uh, you did that? Yeah, look, probably the 2013, 2014, I started, I did a couple of Socceroos Internationals at, um, I guess, what's now HBF Park. So I did a couple of those. I think one was against Thailand, one was against Bangladesh. And then the next year, I did a Matildas game there. And then I did a WSL, uh, which was the Women's A-League back in the day. did a grand final there with uh, Perth Glory uh, women's team. And then 2016, I got an invitation. I've been working with the Fremantle Dockers at that stage, doing all their events and all the rest of it. And they hadn't had a live DJ. No one in the AFL really had a live DJ. And uh, um, my lovely lady, who's our event manager down at... Um, Fremantle, Kelly Black, she said, look, let's, let's give it a crack. So we got Tyrone Thwait, who was, uh, he was the MC and I was the DJ. Now Tyrone's actually now left um, another radio station, another highly commercial radio station, and now he's actually the CEO of uh, Coburn Cougars. Hmm. It's funny how uh, things work out in the end, but how, for people listening, how did you actually get your name out there to become the Fremantle DJ, the, to DJ the FIFA Women's World Cup? How, how did you get your name out there to start with? Yeah, I guess, look, I do plenty of other gigs. I do lots of social gigs, but I guess just doing a good job, being very uh, earnest, very passionate about what I do and uh, putting a lot of effort into the game day. So I was never really, never complacent. Every time I um, get a, an, another gig, I'll move towards another gig for the next weekend. I've always got my head as to what I can do different, try and find some different songs, mix it up a little bit. And uh, and I guess that the main thing, the key is to actually just be intuitive. I get there and go, cool, I'm going to play for crowd A, but in the end it's crowd Z. And uh, I just change what I'm doing and just go with the flow. And that seems to be the uh, the recipe for success, really. Yeah. So you've, uh, you've done this internationally, right? You've been uh, done a bit of international stuff with this, right? Yeah, so I've done quite a few uh, EPL games here, all the ones that have been here at the stadium. So I did, also did the opening of uh, our Optus Stadium from when uh, uh, Colin Barnett and uh, Mark McGowan cut the ribbon. I went upstairs and then started DJing in the bowl for the first day. And then since then, I've done lots of major events there. So I did the first Chelsea tour and then moved on to uh, Manchester United the next year and did game days for Leeds, 
Crystal Palace, um, Aston Villa, then I did another tour for um, Manchester United, and this year I got to do uh, DJ for my beloved West Ham United. Oh, versus the first Flory and uh, and also Tottenham Hotspur, which mm. was a real great buzz. So that was this month actually leading into the FIFA World Cup. Yeah, yeah so it's been a, it's been a huge month of uh, football. So with all these gigs you do, surely you've met some great people and contacts through it. Can you just name a couple of uh, people you've met through DJing? Uh, yeah, look, lots, lots of, uh, I guess, I've worked with pretty much most people. So like Dennis Cometti, Basil Zemplis, um, Daryl McCauley, um, legendary Russell Wolfe, um, Clint Wielden, Karen Ty. Um, Jevon Collins. <laughs> of Willerton fame, <laughs> uh, Pete, of course. Yeah, yeah, Pete Corelli, uh, Ross Warman. So I'll be working with Ross this week for all the BWA stuff. We're doing the uh, NBL 1 Grand Finals this week, and then we move on to NBN, NBL 1 National Finals. And, um, yeah, so I've met quite a few lovely people, and, uh, yeah, all been very charming. Dennis Cometti was very charming. Great to see, Jordan, that I'm ahead on the list and then Pete Corelli and Ross Warman. So that's <laughs> nice. Thanks, Dice. <laughs> I love it. Your, your work's fantastic, Jevin. You've oh. been really uh, doing a great job down there at the Willis and Tigers oh. and a uh, couple down at Perry Lakes and stuff like that. So, no, you're doing an absolutely marvellous job. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, i got to ask, were you at the... Uh, did you DJ for the Morocco versus Colombia Women's World Cup game? I did. Yeah, it was amazing. I've got to say, how, yeah, those the Colombian the Colombian fans. There's a lot, you know, because uh, obviously, obviously those those supporters uh, that we saw at the World Cup, um, yeah, they're they're absolutely incredible. What was it like to you know, um, almost to to see them, you know, uh, dancing along and, and and all that? What was that like? Yeah, that was the, that's been the real buzz of doing the World Cup. We you know we DJ with a lot of local fans. I mean. Be honest, the fans down at Willis and Tigers are, are extremely passionate, and that's like one of the great joys of my life. And even doing for a suburban club because the passion's there. But to do it for international crowds has been something different because they've come with all their songs, they come with their drums, they come with their dancing, and I can hear them out the back of uh, HBF Park on the out on the grass. So as I'm DJing pre-game, I DJ start two hours before the game. I can hear the drums going when China were playing, when uh, Colombia were playing, Jamaica. And then they make their way into the ground. And uh, to be honest, win, lose or draw, they're there probably 20 minutes, half an hour afterwards, singing their, singing their songs and just having a great time. Even last night I watched the Morocco game and Morocco got bundled out, unfortunately, got smashed by France. But the smiles on their faces is, uh, and their, um, their passion in their country, it's, just, it's been really marvellous. And that's been the real big difference with doing the World Cup. And just seeing how the fans have mingled so beautifully together, and uh, and the passion and bringing their flavour, their songs, their drums, their instruments, and the colours on their faces, yeah, really unreal. Can you tell us how hectic doing uh, DJ in the FIFA World Cup was? Because I saw you during the the Haiti Denmark game. I said hi, and you pointed to your headphones, being like, "I can't speak to you, Jeff." So, what was it actually like with uh, the time constraints of music and playing this and playing that? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big pre-game, so we're all hooked up and uh, wired up with, uh, you know, communications is such a big thing, so it's one of the main things we do, even with Frio and, uh, you know, all the other games I do, but mainly the stadiums, because you've got to be hooked up to a show caller and producer, so getting the information across. So just as you came up, 
we were about to go into dance cam, which was which was a massive one. We'd rehearsed this, so it was like a, a three shot from down on the ground. We had Steve uh, Pios, who is amazing. Who he was the presenter for the um, all the Perth shows, like world class. He did all the FIFA in Qatar, and he's a boy from Canberra. And uh, like like us guys, super passionate about sport. And uh, if you heard all those lovely pronunciations he had, <laughs> um, yeah, it was fantastic. So they had this three shot of him announcing. Um, the lovely Danny Shuey was uh, then up in the crowd with all the crowds and then they had the three shot with me up the back so as you were coming up they were just teeing that up and I was just queuing up my tracks to go for this little segment that we were doing at every game so yeah really good fun highly coordinated and uh, yeah really really great to be be a part of it and again working with such professionals as uh, Steve and Danny and Monica who was also there for the first game yeah, it was a real buzz, and I said highly coordinated. So, yeah, you've got to be pretty sharp with uh, making sure you're paying attention and playing the right songs because so, it's going out uh, across the uh, across the uh, globe. So. Mm. And just a uh, quick quick last one from me. Uh, what's one just what, one, one bit of advice you'd want to get if someone wants to, you know, get, in, get into your work, not just the DJing part of it, but that industry as well? Yeah, look, uh, just be passionate. You know, I, I, I say the same to everyone. It's just it's just unbridled passion, you know, and follow your intuition. You know, sometimes you, uh, you know, I've go, I go, I studied in London quite a few times at the London Sound Academy. And um, because I play mixed genre music, I don't, I play every genre of music, house, um, electro, EDM, pop, and all the rest of them. Quite often I mix them up for these kind of games. You know, I'm always thinking that there should be some, there's some formula to doing it, and I've got a mix of some uh, famous, famous DJs in London, and they're going, no, what you're doing's right. So sometimes you just need to back your intuition and know what you're doing's right, and if it sounds good and you think it sounds good, then go and deliver it. So that's probably the main thing that I've really learned. Be super passionate, but just really back your intuition. And uh, if, it sound, if it sounds good to you, then generally it's going to sound good, but your mix is going to sound good for everyone else. Now, Dice, we're also here to talk about your DJing business, Retriever Sound. So when did you start, did you start the business and uh, who's part of the business? Um, so it's my, myself and my lovely wife, Paula. So uh, I guess we started in 1999 um, when, I guess we had to because I was, uh, I'm a studio engineer and uh, a drummer. So when they brought in the uh, ABN numbers, we had to register our business to register our income. And so that's what it initially was, was me playing drums. So those days playing drums in uh, the casino and the, the lookout and Newport Hotel and Mustang Bar and stuff like that and playing big day out shows and uh, recording bands and making uh, making CDs as it was back in the day. And, um, and then probably about 2003, someone asked me to do uh, a wedding. I did that wedding and um, some, I got about three people come up and said, you were fantastic. And in those days I was working in the stock exchange building and... Um, I just got gigs galore. Can you do our Christmas party? I've got a um, whatever occasion, drinks after work. And from there, it just flourished. So I kept playing until we finished at uh, the Paddy Hannon's Bar and the thing until about 2007. And then the DJ business was going so well. During that period, Paula took over because I was still playing drums. And she held quite a few residencies back in those days. And, um, yeah, and pretty much Paula runs the business. So... Uh, I do very little of the uh, other stuff apart from, I guess, a lot of the music content, which I guess she does also. But uh, she's she's the driver behind the business with everything that goes on, and uh, she knows the industry well. So from there, it's just grown and grown. And uh, again, 
the, the whole thing behind it is, as, as we say in a lot of our stuff, is we love music and we're super passionate about what we do. And, uh, again, that's the driving force behind the business is uh, super passionate about what we do and uh, very conscious of, uh, conscious of uh, I guess, how we present ourselves, being congenial and uh, being fun for people to have around, I guess, you know, also being, uh, you know, fun people to have at people's events and make a, you know, make a, make a, a change when we enter the room until we leave the room so yeah now final one uh before i let you go dice where's the best place to contact uh retriever sound and where's the best place to find it on socials yeah so uh probably either through instagram uh, facebook or on our website which is retrieversound.com.au um yeah they're probably the main ways to get in touch with us uh all our contact details are on there and uh yeah the lovely paula will get back to you very shortly and uh Look, we get we we have to get pretty booked in advance. So, uh, you know, we started AFL this year. We've moved into EPL, done the FIFA World Cup. We're now moving into a month of basketball. We've had basketball all year. Into the finals, so we move into AFLW, and then we move into the WNBL season to get us through to probably January. And then again, we start with AFL. So, it is hard to fit a lot of bookings in these days. But because there's two of us, and you know, and I guess that's something we've done too. We used to have other people working for us, but. Uh, We've gone back to just the two of us so we can keep a high-quality control and be a little bit more of a boutique-style business rather than, um, you know, just racking up numbers for gigs so we can, I guess, make cash. It's more than just making cash. It's about doing a good job as far as we're concerned. So that's that's pretty much our motto is to be a a smaller boutique, high-quality for high-quality clients. Now, DJ Dyson from Retriever Sound, thank you for joining Jordan and I on your Thursday drive home. Thank you so much, guys from Boom. You guys are awesome. Love your radio show. And, uh, yeah, take care and see you at a gig soon.